Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Harmonize with me and hold me tight all through the night. You're shining bright. I'm your oyster, baby. You're my pearl. William! Yes, Dom! We are here! In the Friendship Onion Studios. Hey, not only are we in the Friendship Onion Studio, but today we have a guest. Um, and we don't have a huge amount of time, so we no, should... We, re- can't. we can't be messing around. What was that? Shelf. Well, something fell on the shelf there. Careful. Peeling the onion. We should really just fire right in, but... Yeah. Should we do one miniature piece of housekeeping before we do Go on, Dom! Housekeeping! Oh, how much fun are you to keep a house clean and true? Hey, we've got a ton of questions and keep them coming in because we will get to your questions eventually. We'll do an episode that's all about questions at some point. But we're just going to uh, answer one. This is from Vic in Austria. Hello, Vic. Hello, Vic. Who said, what do you think of the meme mm. below? And does Samwise Gamgee have a point or not? Now, hopefully at this point, we're putting the meme up on the screen via the gift of technology. But not on the podcast. The, the, the meme, I'll explain it. <laughs> it is at the end of The Return of the King where Frodo has unfortunately passed out and lost control of his limbs. Oh, yeah, I remember. And Sam says, I can't carry the ring, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. Up you get. And he, and he carries him up the hill. Right. And Andrew Nadal, at the Andrew Nadal on Twitter, yeah, above the photo, has said, Sam, being able to carry Frodo and not be affected by the ring means the ring doesn't understand transit, transitive, yeah, transitive properties. Ah. So they could have just taped the ring to a mouse and then carried the mouse with no ill effect. The whole journey would have taken 20 minutes. Now, it's a good point. But I would think probably a less dynamic movie trilogy. And if actually you made it three or four things away, like if you had stapled it onto a tarantula. Poor tarantula. Then tied the tarantula's legs around a mouse. Poor tarantula. Then put the mouse into the forward-facing pocket of a kangaroo. Yeah. Put the kangaroo into uh, one of those, uh, like a little trolley. And then push the, the uh, and then just uh, push tarantula the mouse kangaroo or pulled. The, up, up the hill. That would seem almost as hard as carrying Elijah Wood up a hill, I would argue. Whereas popping a mouse in your pocket and going for a stroll seems to be less. I'm just trying to, get it, I'm trying to get it further away. I understand. Hey, William. Should we bring in our guest? Come on, it's a fantastic guest. Why don't you read a little blurb for us, Tom, before we get started? I'll read a little blurb about our guest. Brent Pella is a stand-up comedian and digital content creator and cast on VH1's Wild and Out. 
Rent's comedy videos have gained more than 100 million views combined to an audience of over 400,000. That's a lot of people. Across social media. Brent graduated through both the Groundlings and UCB, yep, yep, yep. Upright Citizens Brigade. Improv sketch com, uh, programs in LA yep. and is best known for his viral impressions of Eminem, Joe Rogan, and California Governor Gavin Newsom. Amongst others. As well as uniquely handcrafted video comedies or comedy videos that tackle everything from politics to spirituality, cultural trends, and more. William, let's welcome onto the Friendship Onion, Brent. What a welcome. Tom, here we have our beautiful guest for this week. Hello, Brent. What's going on, fellas? How's it going, Brent? Not only a beautiful guest, but Brent, are you... My God, will you stop moving around? Everything's touching everything. You're causing the earthquakes now. Sorry. Brent, you brought us gifts. Let's talk about this I come bearing gifts. Thank you. Yes, bro. Uh, You know, this is the friendship onion, so I figure the first layer could be made with a gift. What a lovely thing. You know? And if it's the gift of booze, then it's even better, Brent. Tis the gift of booze. This is a rosé wine brand that I've been working on for the past couple of years. Vibe. It's called Vibe Rosé. Super stoked. Excited that it's finally out. I brought you each a bottle. So sweet. Yeah, man. Now, as someone who obviously is behind... It's chilled as well. Someone it's who's chilled. behind this company. Tell us what defines this above all the other rosés out there. There are many rosés out there. Oh, there are. Many rosés. A rosé by any other name would smell as sweet. This is <laughs> I true. I think that's what this is. Is it? No. no. Well, it's close. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a lot of rosés, I grew up with rosé, not grew up because you're not supposed to drink under 21. <laughs> yeah, good but, point. Uh, my whole family's Italian, so they kind of introduced me to rosé um, early on. And right. Bella, Bella. then I, I just kept coming back to it. I'm a wannabe wine nerd. Uh-huh. And coming out of 2020, I wanted to do something else to help people stop yelling at each other on Twitter yeah. right? and just yes. kind of connect in, in real life and look each other in the eyes again, you yeah, know? And, uh, yeah. and so I take a lot of what I do in like the comedy space and the live event space and I wanted to put it into this brand and this product with the mission of creating something that's a little more high energy because mm-hmm. a, a, a lot of rosés, they're a little bit standoffish, a little bit fancy, a little bit highbrow. Uh-huh. I wanted this to be a little more approachable, relatable, right. and kind of synonymous with live event culture and, nice. and people going out and, and having a, a good an time. An accessible rosé. An accessible Where, where do you rose. get it? How can people get it? Yeah, it's at vibrose.com, V-Y-B-R-O-S-E.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, promo code is vibrate with a Y. Lovely. But uh, yeah, the juice comes from Napa. It's It was a crazy process to get going. And, I bet. You know, it was my first Renta, step into that part of the world. But. Would you mind if I cracked mine open and had a little drink? I really? would be offended yeah. if you didn't. See? You uh, want to offend our guest? No, no, so. I wouldn't want to infend, offend anyone. <laughs> Johnny, is there any glasses, for instance, that would be absolutely derogatory for a rosé? Well, Brenta, I've known yeah, Billy man. for 20 years now, and one of the real kind of epochs in Billy's life is to run. Correct me if I'm wrong, William. Yeah. To mm-hmm. run a roasting hot bath, like almost as hot as like <laughs> molten lava. Uh huh. Oh, look thanks, at Johnny oh, Clues. Right, and to perfect, dip himself yeah. into that, thanks, Johnny Clues. To dip himself into that bath over the course of about 25 minutes, because it's so hot, he almost scolds himself. Really uh-huh. hot. Then Good. On my butt. On his on his bum and his genitalia, especially. Yeah. Good. Then he puts on either. The Divine Comedy. Lovely. Possibly an old LP from Annie DeFranco. Ooh. Perfect. Light some candles. Or, yeah. with, oh, our, with our guest here, yes. 
Dean Martin. Oh, lovely Dean Martin. Ah. Yeah. When the moon hits your eye like, like pizza. Like a big uh, uh, pie pie pizza. pizza. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he lights a few candles. One of those candles is an angelic um, version of Sean Astin looking directly, deeply into his eyes. And then, if you don't mind me saying, Billy. Thank you. That's fine. Billy likes to get absolutely rat-ass drunk. Oh. And his favorite way of getting drunk <laughs> Is on a rosé, so that when he stands up out of his roasting hot bath, he almost passes out. Yeah, and his wife has to pick him up, like like Sam picked up Frodo and Lord of the Rings, and yeah. carry him to the bedroom. You love that, like a thing, like While a bag. She whispers, "My precious, my precious," like a the bag of washing. You know, yes. when you've just got uh -huh. a yeah. I tell you what, I can't wait. Let's have a go at this. Come right. on, yeah, oh, cheers, right. bro. Now, cheers, cheers, cheers over there, guys. I can't quite reach it Let's now. Have a I'm getting. Oh, what a lovely bookie. I'm getting um, tones of, well, mm. rose like, wine. Yeah. Ooh, mm -hmm. that's actually really smart. Mm. Are you trained? Mm, I, I do have a very uh, redefined nose because of all the surgery. Mm. William, mm -hmm. what are you getting from that? Well, wine? Pla plastic cup. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. That and was actually one of our ingredients, too. And is this, you're saying, is this Californian? Yeah, California rosé. Well, yeah. I tell you what, that is absolutely lovely. That's lovely. Right, thank you so much. This actually That's tastes, to me, go on, I'm going to have one more. Just have a little sip there. If I were to describe this rosé, I would say this tastes like a kind of accessible rosé, like a, a, a rosé that you've already known years ago. That you've ago. known forever. Do you know what I mean? That you partied with once and some crazy stuff happened and right. you woke up and you forgot about all the stuff, but every time you see the rosé, you feel this connection. Exactly. Yeah. You had a great night and then you found out that she texted your friend and it got a bit weird, it but then years later she was like, I only texted him to ask about you and you were like, oh, it's a misunderstanding. Misunderstanding. And then, oh. you go out for ramen and... You accidentally get a little fragment on it on your face, but yeah. she doesn't tell you. And then you go home mm -hmm. yeah. and you see and you think, how long has how that, long been, has on that there? been on there? Right. And that causes a fight between you. Right. But then you get married and have four kids. It's that type of dream. That's the <laughs> exact way my parents met. It's so oh, crazy. Incredible. That's Ramen how we got in here. There was a little piece of almost done egg yolk. On the chin Make from the ramen. Yeah, it's a classic love story. What made you story. think about making a wine? What was there? Uh, you know, it was really just, I, I felt like creatively coming out of COVID in, in 2020. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I felt like I wanted to do more. I, I wanted to give people another reason to smile and laugh. Same way I do with comedy, but yeah. I figured Rosé has such a great crossover with uh, the live entertainment space. So Lovely. Just want to bring some more so joy, who, you know? Who, 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 and like, I think of it as a sort of European, a French drink. Who, yeah. dr who drinks it in America, Rosie? Are you uh, seeing girls named Ashley? Ladies, right. yeah. Usually, yeah. in the autumn time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Summer and fall. Girls yeah. who oh, maybe lovely. they'll take like a, a a girls trip together to like Salem and pretend to be witches together. Right, and right. They'll all eat like treacle toffee and and make really safe bonfires in the yeah. Garden. And they'll light and they'll candles all... in the shape of a pentagram and talk right. about each other's times of birth. And they'll drink rosé at the same time. Wear cowboy boots. Yeah, exactly. Oversized scarves. <laughs> Big hats. Yeah, yeah. Let's get people. let's get like butch guys drinking it then. How do you mean? This is fantastic thank yeah, you man. This. thank you dudes can like rosé too of course yeah, they yeah. can I like it. there's yeah. no rules mm -hmm. um well brenta what we really enjoy doing on this show is yes. not only having people as yourself on the show who have clearly followed their passion and become successful but we like to hear how that happened so that if there was someone at home who's possibly thinking about doing something that you do, you could provide like a little bit of a roadmap for them. So could, cool. you, could you give us like a little kind of 
introduction as to how you got going in the business. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I went to school up in Santa Barbara. Um, and in college, I was doing a lot of like silly videos, comedy videos. This was around the time the uh, the Lonely Island guys mm-hmm. were really big, Andy Samberg and the Saturday Night yeah. Live guys. Yeah. Right. So they were a huge inspiration. So I was doing comedy music videos in college, and it was getting really popular around campus. And then I moved to LA, and I wanted to get into comedy, but I didn't know like what you're supposed to do to get into comedy. I was lost. I didn't know that stand-up was like a thing people did for a career. I thought mm-hmm. it was like a side thing that actors did sometimes, right? And to interject, were, yeah. you, were you the funny kid at school? You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Were you the class clown? I was never even the funniest of my friend group. Oh. I still don't think I am. Because it's like, you know how when you're around your friends, mm-hmm. there's that one guy that's just always hilarious? Yeah. Like you have that guy. Yeah. But he might not end up being the funniest guy on stage or like in a different environment. So there's still guys I laugh harder at than anybody laughs at me. I remember Jerry Seinfeld saying someone was interviewing him, can't remember, and they said, Were you the funny kid in your social group? Mm -hmm. And he said, No. But he said, When you're a kid, everyone's funny. Everyone's funny. Because everyone's just trying to crack everyone else up. And you're all just like kind of being a little bit lighthearted. So he said my entire social group was just full of goofs and comedians. Yeah. Which I think is probably true when you look back at it. Everyone's trying to make other people laugh. Yeah, we're all trying to bust each other down in right, junior right. high and high school. Right. And, um, so I moved down to LA. I started doing open mics. I was awful, just absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. Okay. But I played sports my whole life. So I always had this very strong like competitive edge too. Oh, yeah. And so being bad at something was like kind of exciting for me. So yeah. I, I, I completely dove in. Uh, my first job when I moved out here was at the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, right. Where? You know? uh, Glendale? Uh, it was uh, the Beverly Hills Mall. The mall. What's that big mall oh, called? I don't know. I don't go to Beverly Hills. Oh, the Beverly Center. Beverly Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so, a Cheesecake Factory in there. It, it used to be a, um, the Grand Lux Cafe. Right. And then they closed down, moved me out to Marina Del Rey, to the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, You know how other countries make you serve in the army for two years? Yeah. I I feel like in America, we need to make people work at a restaurant for two years. Yeah, yeah. Because you really learn a lot about life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, So when you were doing open mics, who who were the very successful comedians that would come in and steal an hour from everyone trying to do open mics? Who was was popping off at that? Um, Brent Morin. It's super funny. Chris D'Elia was uh, at kind of the peak of his stuff. Um, Beth Stelling was around. Uh, People like Whitney Cummings were were starting to really pop off like that. Um, So I would see them sometimes at like some of the bigger open mics and they would come in and drop a set. And would these people 
be kind of gracious enough to kind of say, hey, this is what I would do. I do it like this. This is how it began If me. you ask, yeah, yeah it's uh, folks at, at higher levels are like moving so quick that they might have just popped in to do their set and then mm. dipped out. Sure. Not for any mean reason. Yeah, just yeah, they got busy. stuff to do, right? right? right. So I was doing uh, a lot of open mics. I started at Groundlings and UCB, the sketch programs. And I was also doing a lot of PA stuff on the side uh, as kind of a day job in addition to the restaurant work. And just kept making videos and kept trying weird stuff and kept like getting outside of my comfort zone, doing like celebrity impressions, topical sketches, things like that. And it all just kept growing and building together. Um, and I'd say there were two real like moments that I saw good things happen. One was coming into 2020. I started doing a lot of like topical parodies, making fun of all the craziness that was going on. And then that caught the eye of Nick Cannon who actually DM'd me on Instagram to invite me to join the cast of Wild and Out. Very um, cool. So yeah, the vi- all the video stuff that I just kept pumping out, like spending my last tip dollars from the Cheesecake Factory to make sure I could get this prop for a video and then be broke again and just kept going. It finally ended with, you know, getting a gig on my own. So wow. I was, I, I, I was, was watching back circle. at a lot of your videos and... Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. They're really great, really Thank you so funny, much, and really topical, and you know, really, really interesting and kind of um, smart stuff. But did you? Uh, who was making the videos? Did you have a little group of people, or were you totally there yourself, telling someone what to do? Like, yeah, how, how do did did that build up? Yeah, it definitely built over time. You know, because I was a PA for so many years, I had like a firsthand look to proper union gig so i could see the hierarchy of the crew and i got to like look over the director's shoulder at his storyboard and everything and i took a lot of those lessons and i started putting them into the comedy videos so even if it was like a two or three minute comedy video i'd have a shot list a storyboard i i write all of it myself and up until about six months ago i was editing everything myself too Uh, but now i have a a dp partner of mine who who kind of co-edits things with me um and then maybe two or three people that I write with a lot. So we have a little unit out here. And you, know? you, you always had a little, you had an ability to do impressions, yeah. Yeah, so Did that come from first, school? well, the first impression I ever did was Eminem. Oh, yeah. And what, singing or talking? Rapping really angry, because you know he's always angry. He is angry. He's very, he's very mad. Like, yeah. even if you gave him a glass of rosé, he'd be like, you know, thank you. And you'd be like, I'm sorry, did I hurt you? Uh, so I started doing the Eminem impressions. And once that got picked up and really popular online, something switched in my head. And I was like, wow, I was always scared of doing impressions because it's so outside of my comfort zone. Right. 
but I saw some success. So I just started following that and testing different celebrities, different impressions. I'm not the best voice guy, but it was cool to kind of get out of my comfort zone and try something new. Yeah. It's weird, right? With impressions. Billy and I have talked about it before. There's a weird alchemy with impressions where sometimes the people that get the impression absolutely bang on perfect isn't really what the audience are looking for. The audience are very often looking for you to make what defines them completely extreme and ridiculous. So if you're bang on, people are like, well, I could just go to the actual source. I could just watch the guy. What I'm looking for is something ludicrous and ridiculous, you know, so you have to kind of push it a little bit. And you do Rogan as well. Yeah, so what, what was what one. was the thing that what was the tag with Rogan? Like, what's Rogan's thing? Uh, Eminem's thing, anger, elk, yeah, yeah. elk meat, elk meat for elk sure, meat. elk meat for sure. And he's always just he's always so curious about like anything. Right. Like you could tell him, you could describe how you're drinking a glass of water, and he'd be like, "Whoa, yeah, tell me about so that. the water." just kind of goes through your face hole. <laughs> and he'd like break it down so specifically. Um, but I mean, you know, he's the dad for people who don't have dads, you know, for guys in yeah. their 20s and 30s that don't have dads. Yeah. And uh, I, I think he's great. And yeah, I think yeah. Rogan's he, he's fantastic. And yeah, one, yeah. one of my favorite things about Ro, uh, Joe Rowe is... Um, <laughs> Joe Rowe, that's what I call Joe Rowe, yeah. Is um, he just kind of lets it all hang out. He's yeah. like, look, I hunt. Of course, you have strong feelings about hunting. Mm-hmm. I eat meat. You might have strong feelings about uh, meat as well. But every so often, I'm going to have like a cutting board with really bloody elk on it, <laughs> it's so and, a, bloody, and a bunch dude. of yeah, and a bunch of like chili peppers. <laughs> and I'm like a man. And for breakfast, I'm going to eat hunks of flesh and hot chilies. Yeah, and then jump into a sauna for three hours at like 250 <laughs> degrees. It's bananas. Those photos of him it's where so he comes crazy. out of the sauna and he's like, <laughs> he looks like a melting bean, dude. It's wild. I love it. Yeah, he's it's brilliant. so funny. But he's, you know, he's caught fire because I think of that authenticity. At no yeah. point, as he said, I'm going to trim off the edges, you know. And also, yeah. he's obviously a huge fan of MMA and obviously quite a gifted kickboxer back in the day. I listened to some of those pods, but my favorite uh, pods that Joe does are these people working in the kind of almost experimental elements of of medicine. So people yeah. who are really trying to work with different modalities that at this point are, are still a little out there. Yep. And they're, you know, they're taking big risks, big, big leaps themselves personally. Uh, like Paul Stamets is amazing. Paul Stamets is Ma- incredible. Zach is Bush. Do you Zach follow Bush Zach Bush? Yeah. yeah. So Zach Bush changed my whole perception toward water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now I try to only drink like fancy waters nice. now. Yeah. But it's great. Uh, what's, he, what's he saying about what? He says uh, he had a podcast with Aubrey Marcus. Do you know who Aubrey is? Yeah, the Onnit guy, right? Yes, the Onnit guy. Um, and they dove into a conversation about the structure of water as it pertains to how we consume water in this country and how we've set up our water systems mm-hmm. to basically force water through these unnatural movements, through right. these unnatural processes of going through pipes, 90-degree angles, forcing water through small holes. And it, it, I'm, I'm not the scientist, so everybody should definitely go listen to somebody else. But the recap was like, when you do that to water, it reforms the molecular structure of water mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. takes away any natural nutrients or electrolytes that could be in there. Oh, no. uh, magnesium, potassium, sodium, which water naturally picks up when it's going down D- mountains yeah, yeah, or springs yeah. or whatever. Uh, and that's why spring water is supposed, supposedly better than 
purifier tap. Mm-hmm. So that is so spring water wolf they have, is it? That's the Yeah, yeah. So he was spring. harking on spring water a lot. But I mean I, we're, what yeah. are, what are we, seven more than seventy percent water? Seventy six percent water. Is it from that body book? Yeah. Could be. Nice. So Billy's been reading the same book. For it's like actually <laughs> from it's actually from an Amy Mann song. Oh, is that right? 76 yeah. 76%. Oh, is it Annie DeFranco, maybe? Yeah, it could be either one of those two. So mm-hmm. if, if we are if we are a massive percentage of us is water and we're introducing that into our body, it right. should be the best version that it can be. More than fifty percent right, right. of you isn't actually you. It's water. No, it's other things. Or elk. No, it's other animals, <laughs> little tiny things living on you, bacteria and stuff. Oh, yeah, like microscopic yeah. organisms. Mm. So if 76% of you is water and over 50% of you is organisms, you basically don't exist. Yeah. Whoa. Billy, you just got really intense. That's a trip. You got yeah. very Joe Rogan there, Billy. Yeah. Did I Get me the, some elk. That's I the vibe rosé flowing through your veins I've, right now. I've, 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 what, people, is that made with spring water, I hope? Uh, spring water and a hit of LSD. Oh, lovely. Yeah. That's why Billy went ape shit there. I have people, you know, taught taught my ear of quite a lot about animals. I, you know, I'm obsessed with animals and um, had a nature show for a few years. And people come over and say, you know, the the usual stuff. I'm scared of snakes. I'm scared of spiders. I'm scared Mm -hmm. of bees. I'm scared of wasps and bats and stuff. And I say, you know, keep in mind that the vast majority of those animals, even if you're in the same room as them, have no idea that you exist. But similar to what you said, Bills, I was like, mm. we have animals that live on our face yeah. all the time. When you wash your face, they don't come off. They live in our eyebrows. They live in our eyelashes. They keep our eyelashes and eyebrows clean. And if they weren't there, you'd have problems with that part of your body. Yeah. And they like freak out. And I said, you're only freaking out because you know that. Like, yeah. if you've not known that for mm. 25 years, you know, so connect to the idea that the natural world is a, a huge part of us. We are part of the natural world as well. And just relax into it. You know? Yeah. It's, the problem comes up when people are tense about it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm really scared about spiders. And you're like, well, there's not a spider now. And I understand right. if there was like, if I was holding on to a trench, you might have a reaction. But even just talking about it, it makes them feel tense. So you're creating these pathways in your brain of every time I mention the word spider, I feel tense. And they say, how do I fix that? And I say, you should go research great things about spiders, research what they do for our planet, research positive things, and retrain those pathways in our brain. Mm -hmm. And then you'll feel a little bit more empowered. You don't have to keep a spider, but you should definitely not be absolutely losing your marbles when you see one in your bathroom. Right, because it's not there to consciously harm you. Not at all. It's just a part of the world. Right, right. It's a part of the natural flow of things. Right. So yeah, retraining your pathway to overcome fears like that, it only opens you up to more opportunities to shine. Absolutely. So Brent, so you started doing these, these videos that started to kind of become popular and gain some traction from that point, when you started to gain a strong online following, did it change your stand up comedy uh, audience and routine? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Which was really funny Mm. because it was mostly during 2020. I had never done political comedy prior to 2020 (laughs) and then COVID hit and I wasn't the biggest fan of the mandates, you know, mm-hmm. and I saw some other things like uh, that our beloved governor, Gavin Newsom, was doing, um, like the curfew type stuff and, mm-hmm. and just his kind of hypocrisy a little bit. So I wanted to poke fun at that because I didn't see very many other people poking fun at that. Right. I saw a lot of folks, you know, especially in mainstream comedy, are making fun of Donald Trump for being loud and orange. And I guess, great, we should make fun of Trump, but we should make fun of everybody. And everybody deserves to have a target if they're doing something silly. Yeah. And so I started kind of dipping into that. And it's the same fear thing. I was nervous about doing it. 
But the more I did it, the more comfortable I felt because mm-hmm. I felt like I was being more authentic to my sensibilities when it comes to comedy. Mm. And in doing so, my audience changed and only got stronger. And I started like attracting people to my live shows who'd come up to me after and start talking about, hey, dude, I saw that video. That's so funny. Like you're the only person who has a perspective that is similar to mine or like I love how you play both sides. And it was never, I never did it for the purpose of growing my audience. I did it because it felt most authentic. And the audience just started to grow naturally. So I was pretty stoked on kind of that natural growth. Does it feel though, you know, when uh, the sort of internet, YouTube sort of thing, once you do get some traction and people are like, oh God, I see how many views I'm getting. Then do you feel pressurized? I need to get another video out now. And because I, I I know I've I've seen a lot of people talk about this and they feel like oh it's just like this never ending I, yeah I, people want entertained all the yeah. time now where it used to be you would you know if you had a good stand up show I could do you for two years yeah. you know you you maybe think of another joke occasionally but you have to invent a whole little movie. Mm-hmm. Weekly or, oh, it's or daily maybe even now. daily is daily is crazy because the amount of content that comes out, you know, there's yeah. what like a hundred million new videos per month uploaded to YouTube, something wow. crazy like that. Wow. Like there's millions per day. Yeah, and the pressure is something I've actively tried to not allow to you know dictate my mm-hmm. life or yeah. how I operate in the comedy yeah. space. Um, and it's tough because it's a it's a it's a it's a tricky balance. I want to be putting out yeah. content constantly for people, but I also want to put stuff out that speaks to what I truly enjoy or sure. what I truly believe. Yeah. And um, it's also tough because the big thing in today's content landscape is trying to stick to a niche. You know, everybody's got their own niche. Like this right. guy only does this is what has thing, this type right, of yeah. con- this guy only does like you know straight to camera making fun of whatever. This guy only does like right wing or left wing or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I'm kind of all over the map. I got like a Jake Paul impression followed by a video about some bros that I grew up with mm-hmm. followed by a Joe Rogan impression, and it's just yeah. all over. But uh, for me, it's I, I try to not pay attention to the pressure because it would start to make fuzzy the, the, does, the yeah. creative that I want to put out. Yeah. And then on a, on a kind of day to day basis, you know, cause obviously it's, it's a job that you do. Do you have a kind of set format of like, I'm going to tend to get into my material just after breakfast or does it come to you when it comes to you? Or like, how do you make sense yeah. of when to do it? Uh, a little of both. Uh, I definitely try to sit and write for at least an hour every day, even if it's just free writing, journaling, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I take a lot of notes in my phone, especially traveling. If I see something silly, right. I'll write down a note. And then when I get to my computer later, I'll try to flesh it out. Right. Um, and it's also different for stand-up versus video stuff. There's a lot of intersection. I'll take a lot of characters from my videos and, and integrate them into the live stand-up mm-hmm. show. But uh, I do a majority of my writing for stand-up, just live and in the moment, mm. kind of improvising. Yeah. yeah, so the rest of the writing is at the computer, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. And who would be on your Mount Rushmore of stand-up comedians? Oh, I yeah. Mean, That's uh, a you great guys question. all sit around and... Yeah. Are you guys comedy fans too? Yeah, stand-up? I like stand-up. Yeah. Now, how many people are on Mount Rushmore? Is it four? I think it's four. All right. I, I think it's four. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's four comedians. I like. Four? Two. Oh, man. I'd say... Uh, Got three now. Have you? Well, I've got four. All right, I'm you gonna have do four? my four. 
Okay. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay, you go ahead. So we don't throw you off. Yeah. Bill Hicks, right? Nice. Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Richard Bryan. Very good. Nice. Those Amer- American. I've well, not included the Brits. Well, well, it's American structure. Yep. Do you, have, do you have a four? Really? Four American. Four American stand up. I'm, I'm, I'm opening it up. Oh, you're do, doing worldwide? Yeah. Okay. Controversial. You yeah. think in the United <laughs> States they would put anyone that isn't American on Mount Rushmore, but you do your thing, William. All right. um, we'll build a new mountain. Yeah. In international Billy waters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Billy Conley. Lovely. Bill Hicks. Yep. Harry Hill. <laughs> oh, you lost your mind watching Harry Hill one time. <laughs> yeah. It was a stand-up in Britain. Oh, yeah? And... I had to leave. I thought I was. I thought I was going to pee myself. I was laughing so hard. So he That's gets up there for that night. Yeah, just for that one night. Yeah. He gets up there. Eddie Murphy. Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go um, George Carlin. Oh yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy, even though he hasn't mm-hmm. done stand up in a very There's long rumors time. Rumors that he is going to. Right. Yeah, there was it's been around for a while. Been a couple rumors over the past few years. Yeah. Um, so Carlin, Eddie Murphy, Bill Burr. Oh, nice. Up there for me. Very for funny. sure. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. I, I love Richard Pryor, but I haven't watched enough of him. Uh-huh. I think if I said Richard Pryor, I don't think I'd be being completely honest. Just right. I, don't I like know that you're always him. trying you know to be I mean? honest with yeah. yourself. Yeah. I, I like, try. I try. I, I think know? it's good. Yeah. Um, so one, the fourth, one placeholder there. Yeah, the fourth, if we're talking about greats, I guess Seinfeld, man, just because of the way he changed. Yeah. He changed stand up, you know? Special. He really did something new. <laughs> And I, I like. I, I was watching some of your stand up as well. Oh yeah, very funny. Thanks, man. And and fast and energy. It was really good and honest, as you're saying. Yeah, you did a very funny bit about uh, people shouting each other, but then it became making love. Oh, was that? And it was yeah. That was very funny. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Yeah. You'd like it. <laughs> I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll send you it. We we've been lucky enough to have a few stand up comedians on the show, uh-huh. and I always tr- uh, like to ask him how do they deal with a heckler. Because everyone's different. Oh, dude. Uh, I, I, so yeah, I have a, a couple of friends that get like really mad and angry and they'll like put a heckler in their place. And I try not to do that because it causes this like weird tension. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to tell somebody to shut the, can I curse here? Sure. Yeah. I don't want to tell somebody to shut the mm-hmm. up, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to like be mean to them right yeah. away. But also, you kind of got to shut the up, right? right? So, um, I try to, I try to get, 
through it by actually like telling them straight up as if we're talking one-on-one. If they keep shouting out, I'll be like, hey, man, you seem like a great dude. I would love to have a conversation with you later. I might even invite you on my podcast, but what you have to do right now is not make another sound for the next 37 minutes. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? And then everybody will kind of laugh a little bit. Right. And hopefully that's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely gotten to the point before where I've had to kind of lay the hammer down and say something to poke fun at them or roast them in a way to... A, a lot of times it's associated with someone maybe being a little drunk Always. or a little inebriated. 100% right? of the time, yeah. Although with a bunch of friends and they try to be brave. And very often I've seen when I've been at live comedy shows or if you've seen anything online, as soon as, as the spotlight goes on that person, they then get a little bit sheepish. Yeah. They're like, I, I didn't mean... That the show to all be about me, and you're like, well, that's what's happening. <laughs> that's right what's now. happening. You, you, you did mean that, right? Because that's what you did. I had a heckler <laughs> a couple of weeks ago uh, at a show. I did, I did this joke about Trump and Biden, and I said something like, you know, it was like uh, America is changing presidents from an old white guy to an older whiter guy, and I did a couple other things like that, and everybody was laughing except this one woman in the front who was just looking at me with dead eyes, and I kept going with the bit. <laughs> And she starts talking. She starts saying, like, you shouldn't be talking like that. You should why are you comparing them like that? That's so dumb. And she kept saying that. Oh, wow. So I, I eventually said, ma'am, fucking watch this. Hey everybody, if you think this is funny, make some noise. Of course, everybody applauds right. immediately. And she's the only one that's silent. Right. And she got up and walked out of the room. And I, mm. I could not have been more happy that she had left. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just like, a, she was a fucking sucker. She's there weird. for the wrong reason. Yeah. Right? It's weird that, isn't it? That, uh, what, what, I mean, that's the Karen thing, isn't it? It's yeah, a classic it's Karen. Crazy. That they bring all of their thoughts and what they think should be life to every social occasion. Mm. It's yeah. so weird to walk into a comedy. And expect Club, it's going to be tailored and just it's for you. Going to be right for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fair. If you want to go up and walk out, fair enough. If yeah, you, yeah. If you're that's your but why, why would anyone feel that this is okay for me to comment here? Yeah. yeah. That is entitlement the weirdest... is crazy. Yeah. The entitlement is crazy. Yeah. And it's yeah. getting worse and worse. Yeah. Obviously, everyone everyone feels like they have an opinion and that it's relevant. Like, obviously, everyone has an opinion. But social media has now created this illusion that if you have an opinion and you put it online, it's relevant and people need to listen to it. No, you might have a bad opinion or a poorly educated opinion, you know. It's fine to have opinions and we're all entitled to that. But sometimes your opinion is incorrect and people need to know that. People think that, like Stephen Fry does this great stuff about being offended. I'm sure you've seen that where Mm -hmm. he'll mention something and someone will say, I'm offended by that. And he's like, okay. Yeah. So what? Just because you're offended, it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It Are means you physically that you're offended, harmed? Right. Yeah. You know? It's okay to be offended. Yeah. You know? It doesn't make my point not right. It just means that you don't agree with it somehow. I feel bad for, I mean, I don't think he cares, obviously. But I feel bad sometimes watching Bill Burr because he's such a great comedian, has such brilliant material. But very often throughout his shows, mm-hmm. with people who have come specifically to see Burr, he has to get, he has to kind of say, Okay, I'm now going to say something really upsetting. Right, right. It's a joke. Right. You've come to a comedy show. (laughs) Like, just keep in mind that everything that I'm saying here is trying to make you laugh. And then he'll say something and the audience will be like, oh. And he's like, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think they, especially in the past couple years, it feels like people are using their opinions as a way to 
elevate their status above other people, mm-hmm. you know, and you see it in reactions online to things in the whole like cancel culture movement, which it doesn't really seem like it's happening anymore, yeah. but it is that same energy of, Oh, I don't think that's right. So let me put you down so that I look like a better person. Right. Mm. Right. And, and that happens a lot in comedy too. Like the people that hate Dave Chappelle right now, right. you know, uh, or um, like that woman who walked out of my show. Right. She probably looked around the whole room and thought, all these people are beneath me. Right. I am right here. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm going to go home and make some lavender tea and just think about how good I am. And maybe I'll tweet about it and get three likes and that'll be my day. You know? Good times. It's wild. Billy and Dom eat the world. Well, hey, William. What? Should we eat the world? Oh, have you brought us anything? Have you have you brought you, an idea? You brought, or you brought us an idea, haven't you, Brent? And then um, producer... because we always like to eat something, and if we have a guest, then we we normally ask the guest to bring something, you know, from their history or from family or from the country they grew up in, just something sort of that means something oh, to them. Dude, I should have cooked for no, this. It's you, okay. You don't, because we have cooked. one of the great cooks. Johnny here. Clues. Our producer, Johnny Clues, is one of the greatest cooks in all Christendom. Yeah, he's incredible. Cooked, he's cooked for us. But like Billy said, it's fantastic that you brought something that uh, clearly means a lot to you. Can you remember what you told them? Yeah, dude. So um, I've also been cooking for a really long time. Oh, nice. Like I said, my family's Italian, so they kind of raised me in the kitchen. My mom taught me how to make handmade pasta when I was a kid. Uh, And a lot of people during COVID got into bread. Yeah. There's a lot of bread making. There's a lot of bread making. A lot of bread making. (laughs) I got back into pasta. So I, I started making a lot of pasta. And then I made a I made like a separate food page on Instagram to wow. take pictures of all my pasta dishes. Wow. Nice. So uh, yeah, yeah. And and now whenever I go out to eat Italian, like me and my girlfriend are very picky now. We're I almost bet. like restaurant food critics. I, we were in uh, Boston a couple of weeks ago there, and I had one of the best Italian meals. Yeah. Just what'd you have? You know when it's legit. Yeah. And and it was a uh, the the restaurant in Boston was called Limoncello. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just one of those great where the <gasps> the, the nice. waiter you, was like, he was telling you about where the dish came from, you know, whose mother used to make it. Thank yeah. you, John. And uh, it, he's like, hey, the chef, he'd, he'd bring out a little plate, you know, half of this yeah. and say, the chef wanted you to taste this. And it was like a lasagna or something. It was oh, just amazing, so cool. you know. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. And he's like, uh, you, you need a glass of wine? Yeah. I've got the very and you, you know you didn't really order just he, they're just leading the show it was just, isn't that awesome oh you man. don't have to do anything it was just and it just tasted like it was all made with love and yeah. the place was great I, I loved it and um it's a good Italian meal just can't be beat it's oh, the best dude. it's fantastic right? it's the best right yeah well, so so Brent during during COVID lockdown what were you what were your standout pasta things that so you, I was that doing a lot of um. Homemade tagliatelle, which, oh. is, which is like fettuccine, and meat sauce, a lot of meat sauce, a lot of mm. steaks mm. with vegetables or a lot nice. of like bolognese or like a ragu or something like that. And uh, so I went to, it was my birthday, celebrating my birthday in 2021. Me and my girlfriend went to a restaurant in Santa Monica based on a recommendation from a friend. Mm. And it ended up being awful. We walked in. It was a great oh, recommendation, but we so walked sure. in and like the the plates were like cold 
and oh, the pasta, the sauce tasted like ketchup oh. or like barbecue sauce and ketchup mixed oh, together. No. The we had caprese and the the tomatoes were still kind of frozen, oh, and the on. cheese tasted like chalk. It was oh, so bad. A lot of mistakes there. A lot of mistakes. A lot of issues. What's wrong with these you guys? Know? We won't and mention so that restaurant. We won't mention no. it. Don't mention the name. DM me if you want to know. Yeah. Yeah. And and so we left. We left. We said, "Hey, we don't really want to pay for this. this. Is awful. This is just not. We're not having a good time at all." So we left, right. and we went to a different restaurant that we had been to before. And we walked over, and this place is called Via Veneto in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And I walked up to the guy, and he said they were kind of full. Uh, and I begged him. I was like, "Dude, it's my birthday. We went to this yeah. other place. They were really bad." And he was like, "Oh, what's the place called?" And I told him the name. And he's super Italian. And he goes, "As soon as I said the name, he goes, ah." You cannot go there. Why you go there? We all know you cannot go. They got no Italians in the kitchen. Why you going to that place? Place is trash. You can't go there. What are you thinking? And he immediately sits us down, and I pull out my phone and I start showing him the photos on my food page uh, to show him like what I'm making, just as like you know to be friends and let him know I'm, I'm here to eat. And he calls over his manager. So look at the photos. And they start talking like super fast in Italian, like whispering to each other, scrolling through my Instagram page. And then the manager says, he goes, hey, what, so, you know, I don't know what you do on the side, but if you're ever looking for a job, oh, well. we, you could come cook with us maybe. You know, you spend a week Very in the good. kitchen, we see how you do. And I was like, I don't know if I could change careers, but I, I really appreciate it. So, so I, I got offered is, a job. Is that, because you live in Santa Monica, really. Has yeah. that ended up becoming your favorite Italian in, it is. in LA? Yeah, What's the yeah. name of it again? Because v- I'm going to go. Yeah, Via Veneta. V-I-A Veneto 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 mm-hmm. And what you've What you suggested today Is a classic American classic. American An Italian dish mm-hmm. The Bolognese Here Bolognese. it goes Now Bolognese is, is from a region in Italy Called Bolognese Is that where this uh, name comes Bologna. from? Bologna Bologna Bologna, Italy Yeah, I think it's kind of central This is my wife's go-to In an Italian meal Is mm-hmm. it? Yeah Yeah, me too Mm-hmm I Now tell you. me Go on, Bill Um you said that you did a lot of sport growing up. Mm-hmm. What sports? Played basketball mostly. That was right. my main sport. Um, Sizest. Yep. I but you could be a point guard. Could I? Yeah. Really? Tell, tell, yeah. Him, tell him your issue Muggsy with Bones. basketball. Uh, really. The tallest guy wins. Yeah. Generally. I, I, you know Generally. What I mean? You'll be quick and sneaky. Well, what was that thing? I said to Billy, what about that guy, Boykins? He was, what was he, five foot five Earl? or something? Yeah, Earl Boykins. Muggsy Bogues was five three. Mm-hmm. They should have a whole other league. Drop it a <laughs> drop it a foot. Mm-hmm. No one's allowed in over six foot. Yeah, it's a faster league. It's a better game. Yeah, we'll call it instead of the NBA, it's the SBA. What's that for? Shire Basketball Association. Right, I'm loving it. You know, I'm loving I'm it in. so far. <laughs> Let's start it. You you seem like a go getter. I'm in. You make wine. You I'll do coach. food. Yeah. What's, what's the name of your um, uh, Instagram where we can look at your food? Oh, the food stuff is Brent's Food. Brent's. All one word. What a lovely uh, imaginative name for it. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to read you a little blurb here about bolognese as, on, as you guys I'm chat going down. To yeah. this and I'm just going to take a tiny bit more wine. Oh, yeah, William, would you, would you mind oh, just mm-hmm. giving me a snifter? Yeah. Because a topper in there. Well, listen, wine and pasta, is there anything more you can't incredible? Beat it. Vibe. Vibe, Rosie. Yeah, William, don't v- get me drunk and make a pasta. No, absolutely. <laughs> Never do that again. Yeah, that's a sniff there. Nice. Lovely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That will suffice. I'll take a, bit. Um, a little kiss, thank you. So how did um before you read that out? Please, John, William. Just on the sport, how did um um pasta uh, uh, Italian and pasta every night, does that work with them? Um, you know what's funny is right. when I was growing up, 
we never we were not as like health conscious as we are today. Right. You know, like we're talking about Paul Stamets and Zach Bush and holistic wellness, mm-hmm. which you know we love. Obviously, you love that because you're wearing beaded bracelets like yes, me. Yes, I do. And <laughs> and uh, but when I was growing up, mm-hmm. we didn't know any of that. No, we didn't know it at all. We the we end. had pasta uh, dinner, like team pasta dinners, the night before a game. Mm-hmm. We would all go to a kid's house, order a mad amount of spaghetti, garlic bread. Garlic knots, pasta sauce, salad. Garlic nuts? Yeah, like like a knot of dough. Oh, a knot. I thought you said N-U-T-S. I was like, garlic nuts? (laughs) Well. And uh, and we would eat like this crazy amount Mm -hmm. of carbs and Mm -hmm. like processed food Mm -hmm. the night before a high school basketball game. I can't imagine doing that. Crazy. You know? There's professional, retired now, but retired professional football or soccer players who used to talk about an hour and a half before the game, mm-hmm. the team would ask them to sit down and eat pasta and tuna or pasta and chicken. Wow. Which obviously, I understand the protein element of it to a certain degree, but the pasta after half an hour or so, you're going to be... Oh, you're going to you know, you're going to crash. Up. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to read a little introductionary blurb to the bolognese sauce. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, a blurb on the bolognese sauce read by my friend, Mr. Dominic Monahan. Thank you, William. While the quest for the most traditional recipe leads to a much heated debate in the motherland, Italy, it is established that the history of the Bolognese sauce started in the 18th century. The first mention of the term alla Bolognese appeared in Pellegrino Artusi's cookbook, La Scienza in Cucina e l'arte di mangia bene. Perfect job. Thank wow. you. That was phenomenal. <laughs> Science in the kitchen and the art of eating well. Published in 1891. That is impressive. Mm. It is recognized as the most famous Italian cookbook of modern times and features nearly 800 uh, recipes. Let me tell you, tonight, after this, I'm going to go on Amazon and I'm going to see if you can buy that book, La Scienza in Cucina dell'arte del Mangia Bene. Mm. As well, too, Tom. I'll mm-hmm. buy you. I've you never won't bought buy you. me I'll anything. Buy I have never bought him a book. Yeah. Never. He buys me a book sort of every week. I saw a book for him today and I was like, I'm not going to buy him seven books in a row and have nothing <laughs> to show for it. Well, Get William, that, that would be a treat. I'll oh, buy yeah. you. How expensive is it? Is it an expensive book? Do you know uh, that book? I don't know that book I'll particularly, but... I'll get you out of then. No. I would love that book. Yeah. How about Notorious... Or famous celebrity chefs. Is there anyone in particular? Are you finished with that? Is that was mm. that the? No, that was just the introduction. That was merely an order. Because I felt <laughs> as if I needed to know more. I'll tell you more in a second. But I want to ask Brent. Is flavor. there anyone on TV where you think you know what? Actually, that person is pretty good, and they know what they're doing. Oh yeah, uh, Massimo Bottura. Oh, right. do you know who that is? I don't actually. He's, he's got uh, restaurants in Italy. He's one of the biggest chefs out there. He's this kooky, wacky dude, high energy Italian guy. Um, Another thing I did during 2020 was watch a bunch of masterclass mm. lessons. Mm. He's got a great masterclass lesson. Oh, great. Because well, I just watched a masterclass as well. I learned, ah, what did I learn? Isn't it funny you watch a whole lesson and, yeah, then, and then you're like, you no, no like, like who else did you do? You did him. Did you do what, Gordon Ramsay? Gordon Ramsay's incredible. Did, do Gordon Ramsay, I should. Do Gordon Ramsay's, it's incredible. I did this other woman who's like a home chef. So she right. does a lot of like home, like kind of almost easy did southern all that. recipes. <clears throat> I did um, songwriting. I did a I did a film production one, nice. which was good, just to touch up. I like the Scorsese one. Yeah, that's the one I did. I Scorsese think. Yeah. was great. There's a great Dustin Hoffman one about acting. He's Ooh, a bit wacky, but that. it's pretty sure. crazy. Oh, and then I did the astronaut one, dude. 
to learn how to go to space? Yeah. Wow. I want to do that. Well, don't you, you want to do that? That's yeah. my number one thing to do. Let me ask you a do. question. If, if they end up making the trip from Earth to the moon into a vacation, like an, uh, a possible vacation, would you do that? Absolutely. Without hesitation. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. At, at this point in my life, I'm getting older. Sure. No. If they said, look, we need somebody to go to Saturn, but it's a one-way trip, <laughs> I would go. You say, yeah? I'd go, I'd take my dog, uh-huh. Bobby, and me and Bobby would go off and- <laughs> Because normally they send dogs up and they don't bring them back. Right. No, that's but, very uh, sad. They might start doing that with humans if they do. I would like that too. There's also an Aaron Sorkin masterclass. And I think your favorite TV oh, show of writing? all time is The West Wing, right? Yeah, I would say. I he would talks say about probably. screenwriting. Very, mm-hmm. a, a very deep dive into screenwriting. Sure. But it's fantastic. Yeah, I was going to ask you something then. Oh, gosh, I can't remember. It was something about cooking. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm going to go around the, gr- the room. Oh. That's Brent. Right. William over there, hey. mm-hmm. and myself. I'll begin just to give you guys a little hint as to what I'm looking for here. Your number one top tip in cooking. I'll give you mine, right? Yeah. This is basically a phrase, but it absolutely works. If you boil a soup, you spoil a soup. Nice. Never boil a soup. A simmer at best. I'm just going to leave that with you. Great. Phenomenal. Yeah, tip. yeah. Phenomenal tip. Thank you, Brent. Um, William. Oh, Brent. Uh, if uh, if you don't wash your hands, you'll probably kill your grands. Brilliant. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brent up. Yeah, I'd say um, always taste it. Never waste it. Oh, Lovely. Yeah. That? Yeah. I just thought of that right now. No, but that's great. Do you mean like taste as you go? Taste as you go. Mm-hmm. Always taste as you go. Mm-hmm. And then I really try not to waste food. So that's like lovely. even scraps I'll try to put into a bone broth or, or something like that. Yeah. I'm going to put you guys in a nightmare scenario that oh, I was in this morning. Not like 15 cats and there's an <laughs> oven getting turned hotter and hotter. No. <laughs> okay, just checking. Go on. I'd already cracked the eggs. Yeah. Into the bowl to make some scrambled eggs this morning. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if I've told you, I'm bulking up just now. Oh, yeah. So I'm I was going to ask. Yeah, I'm getting, you know. Sure. So a lot of eggs. And uh, I don't. I'm listening. I, I put the eggs into the bowl. I'm just about to make them. No salt. Ooh. I'll tell you what I did have. Mm-hmm. I had cayenne pepper. Mm. I had pepper. Mm-hmm. I had garlic salt. Oh, yeah. That oh, might yeah. do it. Yeah. It's extreme. It's strong flavor. Yeah. And I had some cream. Oh, and some cream? Did yeah. you have any butter? Probably, I did have but butter. I didn't use it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Did you have celery salt? No. I like a no. celery salt. I it only had garlic salt. The garlic salt is great. Can you use that? Yeah. Like salt? Uh... I'm going to say... Were you going to say the same thing? A little less than normal salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sparingly, Bills. That's what I did. Don't make a habit out of it. (laughs) But does it give the... You know that effect that salt has where it brings out all the other flavors? Or does the garlic just overpower? The garlic is like a knife. Yeah, the garlic's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I would say... But use sometimes. a quarter of what you would normally use for salt yes. if in a bind. That's yeah. kind of what I did. Yeah. And I didn't really taste the garlic too much, yeah. but okay. I definitely missed the salt. Yeah. Yeah, but, I wouldn't do it too often. Now, William, let me ask you a, a slightly leading question here. You made scrambled eggs this morning. Mm-hmm. You mentioned just then that you put the scrambled eggs in a bowl. 
mm-hmm. to mix it all together yeah. and then put it in a pan. Mm-hmm. Seems like you're absolutely forgetting the the, the way you Ramsey made method that I taught you, which William you said was the greatest scrambled eggs you've ever had in your life. Are you lying? Are you lying to me? If if you uh, uh, if you ask me, am I lying? I would have to say yes. It's not the greatest scrambled eggs. <laughs> Well, my crust has fallen. T- it takes a long time, your method. It does. He does it very slowly. Do you do the, uh, the actual Gordon method with the bu- cold the butter? Re- yeah, and it's all a, the it's, it is, like Billy said, yeah. it's 20 minutes or so. But his thing is, crack your eggs directly into the pan, oh. and, it's, yeah. and, and you have it on a low heat. As soon as it starts to grab onto the bottom of the pan, take it off, stir it, cool it down. Yep. What he's wanting is heat, cool, heat, cool, heat, cool. You do that like four or five times, adding... Butter and cream cheese or creme fraiche or something. It's incredible. But you've been lying to me for months now. No, it was very good eggs. It was very good. But But not your your favourite. No, it might have been my (laughs) favourite, but the pan was already on. I was running late, as you know. He's got excuses now. And there was no salt. I mentioned that before. And I I just made it very fast. All right. Hey, can I make a recommendation for you when you are now buying salt, possibly on the way home? Yeah. We invest in a lovely box of Molden Ooh, salt, yeah. right? M- I, no- I normally do. M-A-L-D-O-N. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As soon as you have Molden salt, it's hard to go back. It's yeah. beautiful, that salt. Would you, would you, do you like Himalayan salt? I love it. Anything do you like sea salt? I like sea salt, sea salt. but I prefer yeah. anything volcanic, Celtic yeah, salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celtic, mm. yeah. Mm. Spring be a water, fan of Celtics. Celtic salt. Mm-hmm. That's how I remember it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Never get them confused. Uh-uh. Never get Celtic water. And spring, and spring salt. salt. Oh, never. No, no, no. You can't Don't. do that. Tell William. us something else about bolognese pasta. I'll tell you something. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, continuing on with... This wine's um, delicious. It's fantastic. Cheers, pal. Uh, continuing on from um, Mr... What is his name? It doesn't say the first mention. Ah, Pellegrini Artuzzi. So in his book, he says, in his bolognese, he added veal and pancetta. Oh. No mm. mention of beef. As well as onion, carrots, celery, flour, broth, salt, pepper, nutmeg, and parmigiano cheese. Small amount of cream added at the end of the preparation is optimal. Is sorry, optional, but recommended. Dried mushrooms. You love a mushroom, Billy. Mm. I do. Yeah. But I was just thinking there, optional and optimal. You get those confused. You can yeah, really change you things. Really be yeah. Control, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you right. can mess with Carry on. A few slices if you're feeling decadent of Ooh. truffle <gasps> mushroom. Ooh. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Or uh-huh. chicken liver hey. can also be included for added flavor. From this recipe, the bolognese sauce evolved over the years with every cook putting their own spin on it, but basically staying the same. So much of that recipe doesn't have much in common with the original nowadays. But there's a few things that you kind of don't change. Your whole onion, carrot, celery, flour, salt, pepper, nutmeg. It's a very Moorish kind of comforting food, spaghetti bolognese. Do you think that's why why your wife likes it so much? I don't know. I think she just like it. And you know when you've had a good one, you're like, oh, I'd like that again. Yeah. Could you grill it tonight? Could you sit her down? Yeah. Face to face, maybe a Why couple of people. Like Why yeah. do you like Get the answer out of talk us, yeah. talk us through yours, Brent. So, yeah, go on. How does yeah it it's funny, you know, in, in Italy, uh, everybody thinks they have the best recipe. Mm. And even on one street, two ends of the street can make it completely different than mm, each of other. Of course. It's crazy. Um, so mine, I actually use bison a lot. Wow, yeah. you are Joe Rogan. You have Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, Maybe you could do this bit and as Joe I'm Rogan. I'm becoming could the you? bit. You know what I mean? Could you could you tell us how you make your sure. bolognese <laughs> as sure. Joe Rogan? Yes, yes, man. 
So usually I get out of <laughs> it's a, good. I get out of a four hour sauna just after I've finished doing three hours of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go home and I'll start with a sofrito, which is celery, onion, and carrots. Oh. <laughs> Now that's a little reduction in the pan, is that? That's just the veg. Okay. You wanna you wanna cook down the veg, get it caramelized and evaporate the water. <laughs> and then what I'll do is I'll add the bison, the fresh ground bison to the pan, man. And we'll brown the meat, right? Yeah. Salt, a little bit of pepper, a little yeah. bit of garlic in there too, man. Mm -hmm. And then what we'll do is we'll add tomato paste, highly concentrated. Jamie, can you pull up that link to tomato paste? <laughs> yeah, there it is right there. Have you guys ever seen a giraffe eat a bucket of tomato paste while it's being tackled by a wolf? It's wild, man. So I'll cook down the tomato paste in that mixture. Then I'll add red wine, about a half a bottle. Lovely. Ooh, Big nice. fan of yeah. red wine. Mm. Let that cook down. Let the water evaporate. Let the alcohol evaporate. Turns into a syrup, man. And then we'll bring in the beef stock, bone broth. We'll mix that all together. We'll add the fresh herbs, typically sage, thyme, rosemary, some combination of those. Lovely. And then what we'll do is we'll cook that whole thing down until it's reduced to the point where if an alien came from outer space, they would see it and be like, Joe, I want to have sex with your sauce, man. <laughs> and then we reduce it all the way down. And just before we bond it with the pasta, we add... A touch of cream. Lovely. Mm. What pasta? That sounds nice. Yeah. Tell you tell. Oh, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved that. That yeah. made me hungry and it was funny as well. Oh, I liked great. it all round. It made me think about that now. Hi, Bills from behind uh, the TV. Mm -hmm. It made me think about that now. Iconic little scene in the first Godfather film where. The guy's teaching Michael how to make a Oh, with the razor? That's great. No, no, that's Goodfellas. Oh, that's Goodfellas. The yeah, memory yeah. Godfather, Michael comes in, yeah. and all the big boys are talking at yeah, the table, and the yeah, guy's yeah. like, hey, Michael, come over here. Let me show you something. You take your sauces, you take your meatballs, yep. a little red wine. And Sonny comes over, he's like, hey, leave him alone. He's not a cook. Uh -huh. He's one of us. But it's brilliant, because yeah. if you follow that recipe, you're going to have a good pasta sauce. phenomenal. Yeah. Hey. Should we give it some scores? Yeah, we always score it. And uh, I think John did a really good job. Because it's not easy. John, we've all finished our, We've completely finished our plates. Making something ahead of time. And it's, you know, you want that fresh, don't you? you want it fresh oh, yeah, yeah. But this was great. It's it's fantastic. Can I give you a little spoiler that it was made with uh, Beyond Meat? Wow, no Ooh. real meat in there. Lovely, very healthy as well. Was it also made with love, could you tell us, John? Mm. Was it made with beyond love? Yeah. Or just like? Beyond love, exactly. So a certain beyond amount of love. like in there. Yeah. Um, okay, now are we are we scoring this bolognese or bolognese in general? I think it has to be this. This one. Don't you think? Mm. Okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, taste. Yeah, we do. We use three flavor. categories. Okay. First no, one. This is out of 10, taste. Brent. You can use yep. decimal points if you Great. like. I'll it's show you how I would do it. I'm going to give that. John, it was delicious, but There's as a far as the here, bolognese goes, I like a bit more sauce. Pasta was slightly too al dente for me. Were you quite? Uh, uh, but it was. It was today for and John. it was a paper plate. A paper plate. Mm. <laughs> That's a disgrace. Mm. I mean, you you left the restaurant because the plate wasn't warm enough, mm, and John decides to serve it on you know a dead tree. Mm. Uh, uh, Dom, oh, you're not happy. No, I'm happy because I liked it, but uh, I'd liked it fresh from his cooker. 
7.5. That's quite critical. Was it? Well, you're known as the charitable scorer out of the two of us, and that was quite critical. Mm. Well, pasta can be difficult. I'm going to say, given the limitations of what John had to deal with today, cooking and then bringing it in. I didn't know we were taking that into account. I always do. Carry on. I'm going to give it a solid eight. Well, that's quite good. That's good. Brent? Brent? That's good. Yeah, uh, when I had my first bite, I was going to ask if it was chicken. Because mm. ah. it tastes like beef. Mm-hmm. But now he said it's beyond. That makes so much sense. Beyond me. Um, I, yeah, I typically would do kind of a looser sauce so that mm-hmm. it's a little more liquidy. Mm-hmm. But Take notes, John. You're a, you're a podcast producer mm. yeah. that was forced to make a dish of pasta. Mm. Uh, so I got to be a little critical, but also give you the benefit of the doubt. Lovely. And um, I do like the noodles, actually. I prefer mine... Al dente like this. Well, there you it, go. It's got a it's got a nice Nailed bite up. to the noodles. Mm, the springiness. I, I like the the size of the carrots. Mm-hmm, Sometimes right. carrots can be overwhelming. They can be. Yeah. And then your whole dish God. tastes like carrot. Yeah. yeah um, John, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this a seven point three. Lovely. Well, that's I think that's all right, John. So, coming as, from an Italian, from a legit Italian. Yeah. yeah. That, it, that and, does uh, mean and a lot. One that doesn't take any shit. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I always enjoy. A little bit of fresh grated cheese on top mm. of my bolognese, mm-hmm. which we didn't have today, and that's okay. I can't believe we left that out, but that's okay. Yeah. Now, the second category, William, is um, aesthetics. How does it look? Or how did it look? Mm. How did it look plate. when you sure. got it? When you looked at it, did you say, that is pleasing to the eye? <laughs> or did you just ignore it? Dom, give us a score. Well, this is where I'm going to slightly demote John, although I enjoy him as a human. I agree with you guys. I'd like a little bit more of a tomatoey, uh, saucy mm-hmm. thing, almost as if it's drowning a little bit, mm-hmm. Sha- a shallow drown mm-hmm. shallow in the drown. sauce. So I'll give him a six. Six for aesthetics there. Now, as I say, Dom, a plastic, I mean, paper plate straight away. No, because you're quite highfalutin. I mean, we're not in a picnic, are we? We're no. not in a park. <laughs> no, we're not Philistines. Uh-huh. And then the, the amount of pasta I got was good. But I'd like it to be exactly in the center of the plate. Oh God, John, mm. are you taking notes? And piled up slightly, mm. like a like a shallow volcano. Right. Sure. And the, the lava sauce. coming out the top is maybe the cheese. No, like the sauce would be the sauce lava. lava. Sure. And then I just a, a mere sprinkling, almost like after a volcano has went off. The, the dust that settles. Yeah, the volcanic dust. Nice. What about a, what about a fresh sprig of, of basil? Or as you time. might say, mm-hmm. ba- basil. Basil. Mm-hmm. But it felt as if d- uh, John had no, he aesthetically didn't care what it looked like. You're angry with John today. Is there something else going on? Have you guys had a fight? <laughs> he threw it in my plate. <laughs> like it was a dirty protest. Oh, score, score it then. Give him a critique. Oh, I, can, I really can only give it a 6.2. Oh, it's damning. Mm. What did you uh, what did you think? See, I'm pretty I'm picky when it comes to presentation, John. So oh, don't take this oh, God, don't John, take you're this in personal, you know, well, but I will. felt like will. when I was handed this plate of pasta, yeah. I felt like I was 
I was being handed a plate of pasta at a family reunion by an aunt who never really liked me. Yeah. You know? It, it almost like it was, it was slightly you know? angry. Yeah, it was you. like, oh, I got caught sneaking out to light off fireworks yeah. with my friend last mm. night, and my mom told my aunt, and my aunt doesn't like me for it mm. because I'm getting my cousin involved in my shenanigans. Yeah. But she still has to but feed But she has you. to feed me yeah. at the family reunion. Yeah. yeah. So as she feeds me, she hands me the plate, and when she takes away her hand, she forms a middle finger. Yeah. But it's very subtle yeah, so that she can that. kind of play it off as if she didn't do that. Mm-hmm. That's what this plate of food felt like to John, me, John. I can understand John, that. That's this what is it felt guest? like to me, John. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest. He's offended. Uh, I was surprised you walk out, the presentation. I, I was going to, yeah. but then I thought, you know, maybe we can make up for it at mm-hmm. some point. He was appalled. Appalled. Um, I'd say presentation-wise, I'd, 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 uh, it was on the plate. I'll give you that. It was. There you go. It didn't it fall was on, It was yeah. on the plate. Although yeah. it was a paper plate, as I have mentioned. You did mention that. Yeah, it's become a bit of an albatross, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd give it you know a four point five. Oh gosh, John! Oh, John. Uh, plating, plating, you plating went was sub rough. five, John. You went sub five. I don't know if you go, no, I didn't know you, John. I had to uh, worry about presentation. You really <laughs> set the bar I here. didn't either. I'm until sorry. Sorry. until I, I had to worry about. Now. Sorry about John. Yeah. I don't how know if you saw you, John's How long face have you been the that... producer of the Friendship Onion? That's over a year, I would think, isn't mm, it? At least. And you you didn't think presentation was, uh, you had to worry about it, whereas it's always scored. Mm. Every <laughs> week we score presentation, <laughs> John. Well, I didn't think the plate was uh, part of that. I thought it was just oh. the pasta alone. <laughs> just one single noodle you would hold up and say, yeah. oh, that. Yeah, I thought your choice of noodle was good. Though. I thought the I like choice the of noodles was, was great. Like yeah. a thick penne of sort what of would rigatoni. You call that, John? Oh, rigatoni, right? Rigatoni. That was rigatoni. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw, but when Brent gave that score, I was looking directly into John's eyes, yeah. and he smarted as it's if someone had stood on his toe. He went, <laughs> <laughs> "John, I love you, bud." Yeah, I tell you what, though, John made a uh, hot sauce once. Oh, oh yeah, majestic, With, uh, like from scratch, from chilies, mm. and I tell you, Brent. Yeah. It would change your life. Really? It was yeah. wonderful. And a couple of weeks ago there, we had the hottest pepper in the world. We had that on. Carolina and we, we, we ate it. And you ate it? Yeah. Did you eat it raw? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It was yeah. painful, and I got stomach cramp. I yeah. thought I was I thought I was going to shit myself, if I'm honest, Brent. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. But uh, John now has those, and he's going to make a sauce from it. I mean, a, 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 a hot sauce. A hot sauce. Oh my so god! So uh, we'll let you try that because he's I amazing. At, what are you? You're amazing at doing that, John. Yeah. Do you follow that up with milk? No, we didn't follow it up with anything, did we? Oh we just raw dogged it. Yeah. You raw oh, dogged it. Did the you pepper? have milk? I had milk. Yeah. At least a little bit more sensitive. Uh, than yeah. Me. So yeah, you had some milk. You had to lie down. That's so right. here's here's the last thing that we score, mm-hmm. which and is it, Billy's category that he made up himself. It's Usefulness. How useful is this food? Mm-hmm. I know, Brent. You're thinking the same thing as most guests, which is what the f. Yeah, that, 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 that was the expression. Well, say, yeah. say for instance, we take John's hot sauce. Yeah, that is useful. Oh yeah, you, you've got that in the cupboard. Doesn't matter. Like this morning when I had eggs with no salt. Yeah, it wouldn't matter because I put some of that hot sauce on. It'd be some of the best eggs you've ever tasted. But you didn't Absolutely. follow the Gordon Ramsay method, did you? So no, I didn't. No, it's so too slow. Yeah, that's good. It's well, not really worth it. It's definitely <laughs> worth it, but go on. <laughs> but, you know, or say, for instance, we had, uh, have you ever heard of Jardinera? No, what is that? Oh, Brent. Oh, what is it? What is that? Oh, what is that? Oh, it's, it's a Chicago. 
I would say a Chicagoan condiment, John. Would that really? be correct? Is it like Italian a relish? Italian families. It's, 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 it's like a relish and it's got... I don't know if chilies. relish would be correct. It's there, not a relish in any way. It's a selection of chopped up vegetables. Made uh-huh. into a relish. Not a relish. Not a relish. In, not a relish. in, uh, in oil in, and in hot chili. So everything becomes hot. Oh, my God. And, uh, See if you put that on a pizza. Oh. That sounds incredible. Oh, you put it with eggs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scrambled eggs. Gordon Ramsay re- uh, mm-hmm. method. Um, marmite. Marmite. Have you ever had marmite? I've had marmite. Oh, lovely. Yeah, he gave that New Zealand, a 10 marmite. for usefulness. 10, 10, 10. Although sure. the New Zealand uh, marmite is like horse's piss. But that's fine. <laughs> it's the English one you want. How, how useful, useful is it? Is a bolognese? bolognese. See, I think a bolognese is incredibly useful um, in some instances, but it's not very productive to start incorporating into your daily yeah, life. it's not very it takes hours. Is yeah, it? yeah. Because it, it, you need a minimum of two hours if you really want to make it right. Mm. you got to let it sit. you got to let it reduce. Nice mm. glass of wine. It's an Lovely absolute go-to if you're going to have a party. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. A bottle of vibe. bottle of vibe mm. on while, the side. While you're, while you're making it. Mm. Absolutely. You kill a bottle of vibe. You think about all the things in your life that are going well. You're having a great time. But hey. once it's made yeah. and it's there, it's in the fridge, right? And you've, mm. you've ate it. I then see what you you're saying. You, you, I what, see, yeah. Is it useful? What well, can, can, I, can I throw something out yeah. there as a kid? Can I put that, an egg on it? Right. Can I, I'm going to throw something out there as a kid, a different way of enjoying bolognese, which when I was younger was incredible. Where do you hear this? Mm-hmm. Bolognese pizza. What do you think of that? So you use the bolognese sauce as the tomato sauce base, oh, little cheese on top. My it's God. incredible. And then, and then the cheese on the yeah, yeah. sauce. It's a really fantastic pizza. Absolutely. And could you buy that from stores in Manchester? No, no. I lived in Germany as a kid, and uh, they had it quite often in uh, mm. German Italian restaurants. Mm-hmm. That's as good. That's as good. Good wow. session. Um, yeah, so how you, it's not the most versatile. It's not the most versatile. I eat it just straight up, even without pasta sometimes. Mm. It's so just, good. I'll right? just eat it like chili. Mm. I'll heat it up in a pan the day after and I'll eat it like chili. Well, there you go. You I know? think we have to give it some points for, like you said, a house party. House party, 10 out of 10. Wedding, event, gala. 10 out of 10. If you're having people over, 10 out of 10. People are normally going to like it, right? Yeah. yeah. Daily usefulness. Yeah, six. Is yours Five, really six. good bolognese? Is yours like a, a, a top bolognese? It's incredible. Yeah, mine's is pretty it? good. Yeah, yeah. Mine's I'm gonna, I'm good. gonna, but, probably but, do the same. I think. Yeah. I, I'm giving it a six. As far as yeah. versatility goes, because there's yeah. really only a couple places you could use it, but in those places, it's a ten. Yeah, for sure. And you can't put it in your pocket. Not with really. Dog. You could. But, mm. Depends on what you're wearing, where you're going, yeah. who you're with. I like to think about, you know, can you. Can you tour it around and take it half-time at a football game and hand it out to the team? And right. I don't think bolognese is great for that. No, like you don't mm. want to bring it to a party in a little baggie no. instead of drugs it's, it's and then just, offer it's, somebody a little piece of your bolognese on the work, tongue. Is it? it is yeah. what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So six for me. Have, it's a 5.2. Yeah. Is it a six that for you, Brent? Yeah. Yeah, it's about six. Well, that was bolognese, guys. I think I think we've done it, Brent. It's been fantastic having you on. How do people um, appreciate you guys? See it, what you guys, uh, what you are up to online. How do people? Do yeah, man. That? It's uh, Brent Pella, P E L L A. You could type that into YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, 
find all the videos, watch oh. all the things. Um, funny stuff. Very funny. funny. funny Live stuff. shows are brentpella.com slash shows. I'm on tour all the time. Hey, Check you guys. it out. Check Very it out. funny stuff. It's been lovely having you cool. on. Thanks for the bolognese really suggestion. Great. Absolutely. Thanks for enjoying the vibe, dude. I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, that wine is fantastic. Well. It's really good. It's really good. Oh, I'm glad, man. Thank yeah. you so much. Really, I look yeah, forward fun. to you sending me a very steamy uh, photo later on of you in the bath having finished off that glass of uh, that bottle I'm of going wine. to chill it right down when I go home mm-hmm. while I draw a bath. Draw you know, bath. Yeah. I love that. You draw a bath. Draw, draw a bath. It, yeah. It's good, doesn't it? Draw it out. Draw it out. I love a bath, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Love it. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks for boys. coming on. Hell yeah. Guys. We'll see you next week on the Friendship Onion. Don't forget to send emails at speakpipe.com forward slash the Friendship Onion. Yeah, and anything else that you need to know, you can find out in the show notes uh, below. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Toodles. Bye. Harmonize with me and hold me tight all through the night. You're shining bright. I'm your oyster, baby. You're my pearl. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.